bureaucracy's basement to your ears. This is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Tonight, innovative revenue tools, outstanding improvements, parking lots, overpasses, bypasses, and collect parks from Pile of Bones Roller Derby. This meeting is now in session. Okay. Okay, what should we do first? I guess we should uh, well, we should call this meeting to order. I'll make yeah. that motion. Okay. Uh, I guess I'm the only other person here, so I will second it. Motion passed. This seems really familiar, but that's okay. Uh, let's see attendance. Uh, okay. Uh, this is exciting. We have uh, we have renowned pugilist Punch Daly, I think. That wasn't just you writing down what you were planning uh, for the future, was it? Uh, actually, this is like a little like this is my vision uh, board here. I, I do actually want to like get uh, get a head start in boxing, and I think I got ahead of myself because I now that I look closely, I think I just misspelled Paul Deshane. Oh, that's me. Oh. Okay, it's great. Yeah. This works perfectly. All right. Well, no punch, but we'll get him on another time. Okay. Yeah. And uh, second, uh, and this is uh, this is someone I've wanted to have on for quite a while, uh, Grandma Iona. Oh, she sounds lovely. She is. I don't see her, though. Oh, that's too bad. Uh, I, I was hoping to get some, like, wisdom from her. Me too. Um, wisdom of, of the grandmas. Um, but now that I look carefully, I think I, think I actually missed up the uh, the order of the letters. I think it's supposed to say Aiden Morgan. Oh, that would be you. You know, you're right. Well, okay, so upcoming show, Punch Daily, Grandma Iona. Okay. Okay, that'll happen. They can fill on it, fill in for us when we have a vacation or something. Fantastic idea. That'd be great. Yeah, I mean, we do deserve a vacation. I think I think we've got one coming. We totally do. I don't think I've taken, like, one of my, one of my DOs in um, about five years. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, and I'm supposed You're to get always one. hanging around here. I know. I'm supposed to get one every three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. What's first up on the agenda? Uh, first up on the agenda, we have uh, oh, we have an improvement vector candidate. Oh. And uh, I believe it's Colette Parks from Pile of Bones Roller Derby. Hey, how's it going? It's hey, Colette. It's good so to good to have, be here. Well, it's good to have you here too. Thanks for having me. Oh. Um, what are you What are you here to talk about? I'm here to talk about roller derby. Oh. Yeah. It's starting up. It's starting up at the end of the month here. So we're going to talk about roller derby in all sorts of ways, I think. Yeah. Uh, so when you say end of the month, what is starting up at the end of the month? Is it like practices or are there actual like, um, and what do you call them? Are they like meets, matches? <laughs> yeah, we have lingo for everything. Yeah. Uh, roller derby bout is the official term. So yeah, we have our first bout of the season coming up on Saturday, April 30th. And then also, yeah, anybody who wants to join roller derby, either as a skater or an official or anybody who just wants to learn how to roller skate, uh, we have fresh meat starting on May 9th. So yeah, it's all starting. Now that the ice is out of the curling club, we're, we're back in. Right. And which curling club? Like where are you the guys? Cali curling club. The Cali Curling Club. Yeah, for sure. They've been super nice to us. So cool. first practice is this week. So we're all excited. We're like kittens that are uncaged now because we'll get to hit full strength we've been we've been practicing in a smaller space all winter so is that a thing that kittens typically do is put on <laughs> skates and hit each other full strength uh my, my kittens do oh yeah? Oh, yeah pouncing and rolling around and laughing giggling and 
Yeah, totally. Right on. <laughs> okay, um, we actually have uh, some questions that have been sent in from for a, Colette. From a typical nine-year-old girl? Perhaps. How about, I, uh, how about I play the first of those? That was a good guess. Oh, cool. Okay, yeah. Hi, I'm a typical nine-year-old girl. I'm wondering when I can try roller derby because I'm nine and a girl. That's awesome. That's a great question. Uh, a typical nine-year-old girl could start roller derby any time. Uh, we've got junior, junior derby for ages 7 to 17. So, yeah, those guys are practicing now. Uh, if somebody wants to join derby and they're under 18, they'll have to wait till September to actually join. But we'll do an intake then. So, yeah, no, totally roller derby's for kids. And they're yeah. awesome. They're really good skaters. Really? When, when they hit 18, I'm going to quit the league because they, they'll have so much experience over me at that point. So, yeah, we've got like a group of girls that are sort of 14, 15. So in a couple years, I'm gone. Wow. <laughs> they're amazing and they hit and they 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 bump and this like the age difference is fine because the size difference is a thing in senior roller derby too you have the tiny girls you have the bigger girls taller girls all different sizes so yeah kids can totally play derby really yeah um i've been to see derby it's um there's a lot of hitting involved. Like, uh, yeah, how do they, how do the little kids, like the the younger kids, handle that? They're good. They get taught how to hit from day one, just like with everybody else in their group. Uh, and then they have to do what's called benchmarks. And everybody, even seniors, have to do benchmarks. So um, once you're good enough, uh, learned the skills well enough, you get um, you have to go through basically testing. So it's skills, and then also you have to do laps. So the skills are, you know, you have to show them that you can fall on one knee, on two knees, that you can hit properly, that you can take a hit, um, avoid obstacles. So there's all sorts of things like that. Um, and then when, and you have to be able to do a certain number of laps in a certain number of minutes. And so then once they get to practice, um, so then they practice is fine. And then when it comes to games, they'll only be able to do a certain amount in games. So there's different levels in the junior benchmarking. Um, if you're level, the lower levels, then you can do what's called positional blocking, which is just kind of getting in the way of the other girl. We also call it booty blocking because we use our butts a lot. <laughs> and the little girls get into it too. They're totally all over the booty blocking. And they're great. Like they, you know, you, you find your friend and you make a strong wall and nobody can get behind, get, you know, get past that booty. It's, it's great. <laughs> it's a really body positive sport too because you need your body to stop other people. So if you have a bigger body, you're awesome. Like <laughs> that is part of being in the way is to have a bigger body. So um, mm. we teach people to get stronger, um, but yeah, I mean that's part of it. So and there, you know, every body type has different pros and cons. So it's totally great to have everybody welcome. Yeah, the one time that uh, I saw the junior derby at uh, the Cali, I guess it was, um, there were there were a lot of like really small girls, and uh, man, they could skate. Yeah. Oh my God, it was terrifying, actually. Well, and they can just like wiggle right through. You know, yeah. you can't catch those guys. It's amazing. Yeah. And then if somebody like me, I'm a heavier skater, I just barrel right through, and you can't stop me. <laughs> so it's awesome. I get tired, but <laughs> yeah. So it's great. It's great for everybody. Yeah. And derby really attracts people who've n n who aren't traditionally interested in sport, uh, both as players and as spectators, because it's a totally ridiculous thing to watch. I mean, there's people hitting, there's people falling, and they're enjoying it. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Um, we do the bright tutus and the face paint and crazy makeup and stuff, because we're girls. We like to do that kind of stuff. It makes the, this DIY thing that's really fun. So, nice. yeah, it's quite a spectacle. Um, okay, well, along that theme, I actually have another question. Nice, okay. 
there be dangerous? Like, has anyone ever been hit so hard they puked everywhere? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> <I've>, <laughs> uh, you know, we'll be totally honest. Roller derby, it's a full contact sport. It's tough. People get hurt. Uh, younger kids, they bounce back really quick. But, you know, broken bones happen. Uh, so we do a lot of strength training and we do, and we teach people the skills. That's why we have the benchmarking to make sure that everybody knows how to do it safely. Um, and it is hard, man. I've, I've puked after roller derby <laughs> doing my laps in here. It's really hard work. And, you know, you're, you've got the air blowing, you know, through your hair. So you maybe don't feel how hard you're working because it's fun and it's ridiculous, but you are working, you know, the sweat's being, you know, taken off you so it's fine but you know you stop for a second and you realize how hard you're working and yeah no totally people it's it's tough it's really yeah. tough and it does get really ripe in the cali after a while. oh yeah oh, God. <laughs> oh yeah well we all have these gear bags that stink you know and, like i keep mine in the back porch air it out put some vinegar on it it's crazy yeah it's a whole culture for yeah. sure the whole stinky, <laughs> pukey culture. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sounds like fun. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, nobody likes the puking part, but it's totally, it's, it happens. It's lactic acid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, i got one more question for you. How do you get your cool derby names? Because I want a cool derby name. Something like Bone Ripper. That's a good derby name. That's totally good derby name. Well, once you benchmark, you get to pick your derby name. Yeah. And so, so you have to be able to prove that you can do all of these skills and that you're good enough and safe enough. Um, and just to mention safety again, we have all sorts of safety equipment too. Uh, so we do what we can to keep people safe. Um, but yeah, no, and the like, yeah, really cool derby names are the the, the tough ones and the funny ones too. Yeah. So, yeah, and but you have to make sure that you don't take somebody's derby name. So you have to uh, you have to Google it and check a database before. Before you officially sign up for your derby name and it can't be close to anything in your own league as well so you'll never you won't you know we've already got a ruby so nobody will ever be ruby bravones in our league other than her ruby right. anything it's not going to happen so just um, to keep it simple what's your name oh and i'm parks and rec oh yeah nice. totally like w-r-e-c-k yeah that's totally. awesome and then my number is 44 because that's the number of uh, national parks in Canada. <laughs> <Sweet>. <laughs> I, thought, I thought I'd have a link. Oh, yeah. That is so nerdy. My, my <laughs> question is, what if you are already, like, if you have like derby parents and they give you like a derby name at birth and then, so so let's say like somebody whose name is actually Parks and Rec comes, comes to your league? Well, they'll, then they'll probably just call themselves Linda. You know, it's uh, derby. I'm um, derby names is a huge thing. We talk about them all the time, and you have to make sure that you pick your derby name early because otherwise, people are just going to call you Carly <laughs> if you wait too long or whatever your name is. Right? So it depends. But yeah, everybody has a little bit of a different persona. Some people call me Rex, but most people call me Parks, which I was kind of disappointed because that's just my real name. <laughs> but. Uh, Rex didn't. Then people then call, called me Parks and Rex, and that wasn't accurate, so that bothered me because it's just Rex. But anyway, so yeah, no, it's totally a big thing we talk about all the time. Yeah. yeah. And then you have somebody like Hermione Danger. So what do you call her on the track? Hermione. Hermione. No, so she's Danger. We call her Danger. Yeah. So even if you've got a name, we're gonna give you a really, you know, a really cool shortening of that too. So. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like Danger. Yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Probably not Dange. I don't know. Right. That's why they don't get me naming or nicknaming anybody. Okay. <laughs> yeah. When did you pick your derby name? Like, how long does it take to benchmark typically? Uh, so, yeah, we can talk about 
uh, fresh meat, uh, fresh meat will start in May, and then uh, it'll, and then benchmarking will be sometime in August. Okay. So that's and that's how long it it took yeah. me. And but I, you know, I I skated a bit as a kid, and and so I was really lucky that I had a little bit of skating experience. Some people have never skated at all, and uh, and still have benchmarked in that kind of twelve to sixteen week period. And yeah. some people take two or three goes at it, um, and as many as five I've heard of. Uh, people who just you know take a little bit longer because skates is hard. I mean, that's mm-hmm. <laughs> these quad skates are not they're not as easy as rollerblades. I'd say either because they're tippier, you can fall backwards on your butt really easily. So um, yeah, no, like it's it kind of boggles my mind that more people don't go watch roller. We get huge crowds, but I it should be on the TV more because roller derby is amazing. Like the stuff that these people are doing on on eight wheels is really mind boggling, and it takes a long time to learn how to be that good too. For sure. Yeah, it's really tough work. You start to get really serious about your nutrition and your sleep habits and hydration and everything uh, because we take it pretty seriously in Regina. And we've sent several players out to Vancouver who now play for the, you know, second best team in Canada. So (laughs) (laughs) just the second best. best. 17th in in the in the world is is in Vancouver. So, yeah, Yeah. no, they're a big deal. And we've sent three people there in the last couple of years. So awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Maiden Sane, Bazinga, and Palmer, for sure. Okay. Everybody will know those names if they've come seen Derby. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So uh, you guys are you're just coming off of your your winter hiatus. Yeah. Uh, how, how are you like finding the like transition back the whole the training again? It's good. It's awesome. It's good to take a break. Uh, we usually take a break kind of from November to early January. We've been skating since January in a smaller mm-hmm. space, and then now we're moving to the full track here right away. And so it's good to you know stretch out and get back into it. It's nice to have a break when we do because we run the league as well. So we do all the marketing. We do all the you know event stuff. Um, and we and sponsors and everything. You know, our league is actually really successful, and I hope that Regina. I'm trying to tell Regina that because we get 400, 600 people at a game, and that's awesome. Uh, but other places they get like 200, 100. Like I've played Edmonton, they had 100 people oh, really? there. Yeah, it's amazing. So our crowds are amazing. So it'd be great to see our numbers uh, go up a little bit even more because it was. It's just such a fun. Uh, atmosphere. We've got really great uh, announcers as well and mm-hmm. a DJ that plays music that kind of keeps the hype up. So, yeah. And then, like I said, you know, sort of the acrobatics that we do on skates is really amazing if you're paying attention. And even if you don't know anything about derby, it's just kind of a spectacle. Yeah. Yeah. And then if people want to learn how to skate and maybe they don't want to play derby because it's a rough sport, we'll teach you everything you need to know, but it is, you know, it's kind of a rougher sport. Uh, it's full contact. But if people just want to learn how to skate so they can skate the trails at Wascana Park, hmm. uh, they can totally do that. Um, as part of our fresh meat program, you never really have to do anything you don't want to do. Um, and we don't do the hitting stuff until kind of later anyway, because you need to learn how to fall. You need how to learn to skate forwards and backwards, uh, you, you know, and then you get into the hitting and stuff. But that's not till later. So there's mm-hmm. a range of things that people can do. And it's good to see people on skates in the park. So, yeah, it's a nice way to enjoy a Regina summer. Yeah, <laughs> hitting people, yeah, booty totally. blocking them. <laughs> yeah, get out of the way, man. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. 
Oh, we're, yeah. we're kind of like that sometimes. You know, yeah. we're rough derby chicks, yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, actually, the funny thing is, is people think that we're really intimidating and scary, and we're not. Like, we're just yeah. fun people who want to go out and do fun things because life is so short, and you just need to do something that really scares you sometimes, too. So, no, actually, <laughs> there's very few people in the league who are actually really, like, super, super crazy tough. Uh, we're just regular people. Yeah. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> we just talk it up a lot because... We do put our bodies through some crazy things, so uh, that's impressive. But no, we're all we're all nice. Yeah. So, what's the bruise count at the end of the uh, at the end of the season for you? Oh, huge! I mean, I'm at like eight right now. Oh, really? So, yeah. <laughs> started. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, bruises are part of it for sure. Uh, lots kind of on the upper arms, which is kind of funny because that's where we hang on to each other. You can always hang on to your team, but you can't hang on to the other team. Hmm. Um, so, and then anytime you fall on a skate, that's you're going to get a huge bruise. Oops. So, yeah, biggest bruise I ever had was 25 centimeters by nine centimeters. Oh, nice. Just like on my hip. I fell down onto a cement barrier. It wasn't actually anything super cool. But it was, was this like on the way into the rink? Uh, it was while I was listening to some instructions. Oh, know? okay. <laughs> but, you know, it happens. Like I said, skates are dangerous. The forward momentum helps. So, but, so on the track, sometimes it's even less dangerous than just standing around. Yeah. So there's this whole thing to learn. Like, it's, these skates are, are uh, really fun. You guys have, you, you keep mentioning teams. So you have, like, multiple yeah. teams in your league. I remember it was just two teams at the beginning. And what are you at now? Yeah, we're at three host teams and then one travel team. So we've got the Lockdown Lolitas, the Bone City Beaver Dames, and the 306th Bombshell Battalion. Those are our three host teams. So when they play each other, they'll just do a 30-minute mini-bout each. Or, so then we'll just get three games in there. And then we also have a travel team called the Sugar Skulls, and they're the ones that go to Edmonton and Calgary mm. and Saskatoon to play. And we've had a second travel team in the past, too, but our league kind of, you know, grows and shrinks depending on who's around. But we've got some, we've got a pretty healthy base for sure. So, yeah. yeah. Who does your merch? Because the t-shirts mm-hmm. are fantastic. Yeah, they're amazing. Well, we've got, I mean, we've got designers in the league. Uh, we've got mm. four people on our marketing team that are also skaters that are full-time designers and then a bunch of us who have marketing backgrounds and stuff too so um and but yeah we've got uh i'm not sure who prints the shirts but we've also we have had articulate ink uh print some fresh meat shirts for us oh, nice. so those guys mm-hmm. wanted to do a little like kind of fresh meat team thing so it's you know when you join derby you join a community and there you know there's the subculture but it's your family so we do a lot of stuff together. Yeah. yeah, cool. Yeah, it's interesting that this isn't just like an activity, like a recreation that you guys do on the side. Um, this is like a business that you guys are like building and making thrive. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's you know it kind of becomes a part time job, practically <laughs> a full time job. You know, um, but uh, it, I mean it's fun. You know, we'll practice two or three times a week, and then games will be once a month. Um, and so, and then you have the opportunity to travel and play with other teams and other places. And so it depends on how much you want to put into it. And if you want to put a lot into it, it's a, a small league with a lot of stuff that needs to get done. So you can really kind of jump in and, and help build something that's got a really good base, but could be huge. So it's, that's what attracted, I mean, that's not what attracted me to Derby, but that's part of what I've loved about it is that I get to really help build this super cool thing that we have. Yeah. Hasn't been around too long. We get to make the rules up as we go along. So the, the rules of roller derby are set by a governing body that we choose to follow. 
Um, but how to run your league and what, what commit you know, you got your training committee and marketing committee about whatever, um, you know, we are making that up as we go along. And we've had some people in our league that are still around that are just really smart and solid and good business-minded people. I think that's partly why our league has succeeded. Um, and then, you know, and then they're really freaking awesome skaters too so we've got yeah. the whole package here i don't know what it is about regina because the cities around us haven't been as successful so it's so i appreciate our fan base for coming out to support us too yeah so how did you get into like how what's what's your story how'd you get into derby i've known about derby since it began in the early 2000s or kind of revived right because it's been around since the 30s people don't realize um, but when Regina's League started up, I immediately wanted to join, but I was playing soccer, and I didn't want to quit soccer and Ultimate Frisbee, and that was really stupid. Cause God, <laughs> such lame I, I thought I would have, and I, you know, I kind of thought I'd have forever to play, and I really just didn't put focus, uh, do it. And so finally, I decided that um, that I was going to quit and join Derby, and I, yeah, I wish I'd done it a couple years ago, because I'm a little bit of an older skater. I'm 38, um, but a lot of people are like, you know, early 20s. And uh, they've got their whole derby careers ahead of them, right? <laughs> and I'm kind of worried that I'm going to max out here fairly soon. <laughs> so we've got older skaters than that in the league. Um, but, you know, I depends on how good of shape I can stay in and, and stuff too. But, yeah, so it's full t- contact sport. So, I, you know, I've seen the physiotherapist and the podiatrist and all of that trying to keep everything together. So <laughs> I've been really lucky. I've had, n- n- you know, nothing too too bad so and and, you know so i always thought that if i can't play for two i'm expecting to play for another five years i hope i've only been playing three um but there's always an opportunity to be a a referee and so i've done a little bit of um studying on that because we need you know just to have one game we need seven referees it's crazy so if people men and women who want to uh referee that's totally an opportunity as well so and they get to practice with the rest of us and if they benchmark they get to hit with the rest of us as well like they can do everything in practice that we can um except that they're you know expected to know how to ref so during some things they won't join in but so they get to be part of the family too and it's been really nice so uh so which team should we be cheering for well, I'm on the Bone City Beaver Dame this year, so you should definitely <laughs> buy your uh, blue shirts. And yeah, no, our shirts are really cool. Actually, I recommend checking out the merch table when you're at the bouts. Uh, but and you should cheer for everybody because just cheer for good derby. You know, last year my team was playing in the championship, and I see my best friend in the stands cheering when the other team beats us. Right? Oh, and no. I was like, dude, what are you doing? She's like, I gotta cheer for good derby. And I was like, yeah, I know, but like, I can see you. That's <laughs> <laughs> Okay. It was awesome derby, though. I mean, we it was sort of an underdog situation. And then the the jammer on the other team was Bazinga, and she was amazing. And she's such a beautiful skater, and she's one of the ones that just went to Vancouver. So we were really lucky to have such an amazing performance that we could put on for people. So, yeah, for sure. We're, and we're, you know, we're planning to do it again this year. Our season opener is April 30th, and... Our, the beginning and last games of the year are always our biggest. So definitely, I really want everybody to come to our first game here because it's going to 
going to be awesome. Okay. So just run us through again. When is the first game? Yeah. First game is uh, Saturday, April 30th at, at the Cali Curling Club. The, it'll start at 7 p.m. We've got a junior game before that at 4.30. Uh, advanced tickets are 12 bucks. Tickets at the door are 15 And we've got season tickets on sale right now. They're 60 bucks. So you get all six games for 10 bucks each. And they can just send us a message on Facebook if they right want. And they where can they find you online? Uh, we're at ReginaRollerDerby.com. Or you can find us at Pile of Bones Derby Club on Facebook. Right on. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so what do you think, Aiden? Well, I think on balance, uh, I think you do qualify to be a uh, improvement vector. That is awesome. Therefore, you get a certificate of improvement from the Queen City Improvement Bureau. That's amazing. It comes with a manila envelope. It's an actual certificate. This is really cool. (laughs) Thank you very much. No, thank you for coming on. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. All right, so what's next on the agenda, Aiden? Uh, we have our uh, innovative revenue tool. Oh, so that's how every week we look at ways for the city to improve its bottom line by either uh, coming up with uh, new ways to raise money or to save money. What do we got this week? Well, I, I don't think that's what it is, but okay, we'll go with that definition for now. <laughs> uh, this one, this innovative revenue tool is ripped straight from the headlines, like like an episode of Law and Order. Oh, yes, exciting. Dum, dum. Exactly. Dum, dum. exactly. This is a uh, this is about the uh, the Poisson family. They are living out in uh, the RM of Sherwood. Um, they recently had to uh, f- they're facing relocation from their home because of the uh, the bypass out there. Uh, and they've woke up, and there they found some little, you know, some little flags in their front lawn, you know. And uh, so the provincial government is compensating them for uh, to the tune of two hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollars, which Ooh. apparently is not enough for them. They actually need more to actually relocate and, and rebuild. Um, but it, it gave me it, it gave me an idea. Um, what if they had to relocate? to Regina and buy a house there. And then I thought, well, what if everybody had to? <laughs> so with, our, with the new proposed Every Pass program, uh, we would build uh, a bypass through uh, all of Saskatchewan okay, and slowly force every single person in the province to move to Regina. Wow. Yeah. And the, just just think of the like just think of the sort of the the housing boom, like the housing starts, the real estate, the new jobs, the tax base increase. The, exactly the 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 like shanty like s- towns on the edge of the city. Right. Just to give it that urban flavor. Mm-hmm. I, I think this would be a great idea, uh, and we could uh, we can't really compensate people like the provincial government oh, did. that might be a deal breaker for some. But we can give them a series of like really high interest loans. Oh! Yeah. That's great. I know. Who would who would turn down such a thing? I, I can't imagine. So so I think so I think of the EveryPass program, I think it's a winner. I think we'll uh, yeah. Wow. Um, so you know, series of those provincial loans would really facilitate the relocation of people. You wake up one morning, there's a stanchion in your living room or your front lawn, or there's like a road grader slowly chewing its way through like that addition you build out on the back. Come to Regina, come to the Queen City. Give us your confused, your enraged, your suddenly homeless citizens. Fantastic! I yes. love this idea. I think I think it's a winner. We'll write it up and we'll send it upstairs. Uh, but if that idea doesn't catch on, we've got a few more. 
I'm Sandy Dorn from the Regina Warehouse Business Improvement District, and you're listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 CJTR, Regina's Community Radio. And we're back. Those were those as as usual. Those were some great ideas. They were. They were fantastic. I'm, I'm worried that uh, they won't have any use for our innovative revenue tools with, I, with ideas of that caliber. I'm beginning to wonder because I don't see um, I don't see any news stories about our ideas being put into action, and you'd, they'd be so transformative. I agree, but I think maybe they kind of they're so transformative that they they scare the floors above us and they scare the media. No. Oh. Yeah. So they just don't report them. That's right. The lamestream media is in the pocket of big, big sixth floor. <laughs> big sixth floor. Okay. Curse you, sixth floor. Um, so next up, I do believe that we have another uh, Laneway Sweet Horror Story. Yeah, it's really amazing, actually, the uh, the outpouring uh, of letters that we've been getting uh, about the, the perils of Laneway Suites, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Granny Flats, uh, or various other names for them. Um this one, ever ever since the Regina introduced this uh, as a pilot project, uh, people have been writing in to let us to let us and everybody know just what a bad idea these can be. Yeah. Uh, this uh, this week's Laneway Street Horror Story. Um, I guess we should have some music for this. Sure. Yeah. Uh, this is from a fellow who calls himself Zog, the time traveling caveman. Dear QCIB, me Zog. Zog, time-traveling caveman, who go to many winds, see many things. Zog see lizard monster fight on flaming volcano. Zog see sky on fire. Zog run back to Chrono Cave. Zog safe in Chrono Cave from sky on fire, but never find home again. Tragedy of Zog life. Last trip, Zog go to year 2025 in Regina, Saskatchewan. Zog land, but cannot find city. What happened to city? Zog want to know. Turn out, city is there, but now city nothing but laneway suites. Suites are every place. Suites join together, take over city, form sentient hive mind, enslave people for building of more laneway suites. All people now live over garage or in cramped attic. No place to eat or trade, no place to park metal horses. Population of Earth now 20 billion, no food left. Nothing but laneway suites. Zog tried to hunt down central consciousness, but went away. Chrono Cave taken over, and now is laneway suite. Zog very frightened that laneway suites soon spread to all points in time. Destroy past and future. If you can read Zog letter, you are humanity last hope. In the meantime, Zog taking course at local university, getting degree in laneway suite architecture. Tuition crazy in 2025. And that's 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 from Zog. Uh, clearly, this this is going to lead nowhere good. No, no, it's pretty terrifying. Um, his yeah, his writing skills are much better than what I would expect from a caveman. The university education pays off exactly every time, even even with those even with those prohibitive tuition fees. Uh, okay, wait. Uh, this this doesn't make any sense, uh, Aiden. I, I admit this little joke you pulled tonight, if you were trying to weird me out, mission accomplished. But I, I, I don't even know how to respond to men without hats. Oh. How long does this go on for? Aiden, what have you done here? Oh, crap. Okay. Um, 
uh, sorry for that, everybody. Um, to anybody who's listening to tonight's meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau, uh, I, I don't know if you've noticed anything strange uh, so far about this meeting, but uh, I, I have a confession to make. Aiden isn't here. Uh, in fact, Aiden, uh, he hasn't been here all meeting. Uh, it, it's just been me alone in the sub-basement uh, this whole time. Uh, okay, so here's what happened. Uh, I, I came in for the weekly meeting, uh, same as always, and in the chair that uh, Aiden usually uh, sits in, uh, there was just a uh, a tape player, a, a cassette tape player, and uh, there was a note attached to it in um, Aiden's handwriting, and it, it said, uh, press play and uh, just act natural. Uh, yeah. So uh, that's what I did. I, I started up all the machines that we use to broadcast our meetings on CJTR uh, 91.3, uh, Regina's community radio station. And I, I press play on the cassette player, and uh, out of it comes Aiden's voice, uh, and he was doing that from bureaucracy's basement to your ears uh, thing that he does. And uh, then he calls the meeting to order, and he does attendance, and I'm just, you know, acting natural, like the note says. And, you know, I guess I kind of got carried away, and, and I started talking to the cassette player like it was Aiden, and the creepy, creepy thing is... Aiden answers back. Um, the cassette is just Aiden talking, but there are these spaces left for me to talk, and it's like we're having this conversation. Um, and, and this is this goes for Colette too. Uh, that interview with Colette Parks from uh, Pile of Bones. I Aiden must have pre-recorded that at some time because here I am. I, I swear to God, all by myself in the sub basement by the boiler, and I'm asking Colette questions. I'm asking a cassette player questions and she's answering me back like I'm right there with her uh, I, I, I don't know how they did it um, but somehow they seem to have anticipated everything I was going to say and recorded their side of the conversation um, yeah so it it's made the meeting pretty easy to run I, I admit if a little unnerving um, but now as you just heard the tape seems to have run out, and I don't know if this is what Aiden planned, but there it is. Um, written on the side of the cassette, oh, by the way, it says uh, Aiden's Hot Summertime Jams, uh, but he's crossed that out and wrote QCIB next to it. Huh. Y you know what would make a lot more sense is if Aiden and Colette are hiding down here somewhere. If they if they rigged up microphones and speakers, and if the cassette's blank, and, and this is all just a big prank, that that makes a lot more sense. Occam's razor, you know. Aiden, I'm on to you. I I know you're hiding. I can see you. Very very funny. You win. You can come out now. Aiden, I said you could. You win. Aiden, Clat, any any anybody. Uh, I guess that's it. I, I guess <laughs> it, it is just me and the leopard. Oh, man, it's lonely down here. Okay. Uh, I guess I've got some time to kill until the time locks on the doors release. Uh, so maybe I will just uh, carry on with the agenda solo. Um, 
I, I have to confess uh, again uh, that I, I didn't really read the agenda before the meeting. Uh, Aiden, Aiden dropped them off in a, in, in a manila envelope as he as he does in my uh, inbox earlier today. And so I was just planning to wing it, uh, like I usually do with, you know, Aiden backing me up. But, uh, yeah, so I didn't read the agenda. Um, so I guess this is going to be an adventure for all of us. Okay, where do we start? Um, oh, we've got a belated birthday notice uh, for a temporary parking lot at 1755 Hamilton. Uh, it's three years old. You know, I actually uh, remember the day this surface parking lot was born like it was yesterday. It was uh, March 18th, 2013, so three years ago. City Council approved a three-year contract zoning for a surface parking lot at 1755 Hamilton Street, right in the heart of downtown. Um, and they did this despite the fact that surfing, surface parking lots are, are not permitted within the downtown uh, under the city's uh, downtown neighborhood plan. But uh, the administration had already allowed the, the owner of that lot, Westland Ventures, uh, to demolish an apartment building uh, that used to stand there. It was the black building or the black block, I think it was called. And, uh, yeah, so it stood at 1755 Hamilton for decades. And uh, there were 46 units of affordable rental apartments in there. It was home to immigrant families, low-income people, uh, some people with uh, health issue, mental health issues. But uh, Westland Ventures uh, wanted to put in a surface parking lot, so they bulldozed the apartment building, and uh, the City Hall said there was nothing they could do to stop that uh, legally. Um, and so all the people who were living in those 46 units of affordable housing uh, were uh, needed to find a new place to live at the height of the housing crisis. Um, so yeah, after that, there was this empty lot. Westland wanted to build a surface parking lot there. Um, but you know, they, they, they got some pushback from City Hall for that because that's not allowed, like I said, under the downtown neighborhood plan. But what they did was they struck a deal with Harvard Developments to, because Harvard Developments was about to start phase two on Agriculture Place. You've probably seen it go up over the last three years. Uh, and they needed some place for their construction crews to park because the people in the downtown were worried that the construction people were going to be parking on the streets there. So uh, they, uh, they, they struck this deal with Westland that construction people from our agriculture place could park at 1755 Hamilton in their new surface parking lot. So they got this three-year zoning uh, that they could use to do this. And at the time, city council was adamant that this parking lot was just temporary and that it wouldn't set a precedent. And I actually have a recording here of an interview that took place uh, right after that council meeting on March 18th, uh, 2013. And it's between Mayor Fougere and some young reporter fellow. And I'll just play that right now. Um, we're getting a new surface parking lot downtown. A temporary, you, a temporary surface temporary, parking lot. But are you worried about what damage this might do to the downtown plan in terms of taking away the teeth from the downtown plan that we can just go with contract zoning? No, I, I think this is a unique circumstance. This, this addresses a huge issue that businesses have downtown about the lack of parking near where they're going, where, the, where their businesses are. This is a, a, um, a temporary 
only for three years at the most, and then it goes back to development after that. So this is unique. I wouldn't see this as a precedent or anything other than just uh, some innovative thinking by, by um, the owners of the building that will be building it, and plus uh, some other owners downtown that want to help mm -hmm. the problem out. And yet, in a way, the, uh, this move has rewarded a developer for destroying housing. I don't see it that way at all. I think that's completely wrong. It's absolutely wrong. Okay. Absolutely wrong. I, I don't agree with that at all. Okay, but they did. Uh, they did. We're not rewarding anybody. We're year. not rewarding anybody right. for knocking down housing, and I, and I just, I, and I just don't, don't agree at all with that. Okay. Although this was what this was their original plan when they were de demolishing the housing was to build a parking lot, and they're getting that parking lot. They're going to develop that uh, okay. in the future, but they're not being rewarded. Okay, so that was Mayor Fougere. And uh, that was him speaking uh, March 18th, 2013, right after the council meeting where they decided to allow the uh, surface parking lot at 1755 Hamilton. But that, like he said, was a three-year contract zoning. And so as of March 18th, last month, 2016, um, that zoning expires. And so I think we can safely say at this point that with this rock-solid commitment from council in place and a promise from the developer on record to develop that lot, that uh, I think, you know, the next step that we'll see is some exciting development plans coming to Planning Commission. And, you know, I don't know, maybe like at some point this summer, uh, we might even see shovels digging into 1755 Hamilton to put up some, I don't know, maybe some housing to replace the housing that was lost and some, you know, ground floor retail and, you know, something to really liven that, uh, that stretch of Hamilton Street up. Um, hmm. uh, Aiden has put a yellow sticky here on my agenda. Oh, excuse me. And it says, haha, get a load of this. And there's an, he drew an arrow and it points to the next item on the agenda, which is, oh, a development application. Uh, it's, uh, is on the uh, city's list of proposed developments. They keep that on their website. Uh, and this development application is numbered 16-Z-01, and it's an application for 1755 Hamilton. Um, you know, this could be it. This could be the development uh, of a building on that site. Let's, okay, let's turn the page, he facetiously asks. And it is a development application to allow temporary parking lot to continue for an additional three years. So that is not an application to build on the lot. It's a application to extend the zoning. Huh. Um, I guess if this is just a, a proposed development, a, pro a develop, uh, development application, uh, this is just going through the various departments uh, at City Hall right now. Um, so nothing has been approved. I suspect council has, hasn't even seen this. They've, this definitely hasn't gone to planning commissioner council yet. Uh, it's just going through the, uh, the motions. So nothing has been decided yet, except that the owner, uh, clearly hasn't spent the last three years coming up with, uh, an awesome shovel ready, uh, development to pitch to the city and he wants to keep his parking lot for another three years. So, and, oh, another, uh, yellow sticky from Aiden. Uh, remember, Mayor claim uh, this temp parking lot wouldn't be a precedent. And a arrow to oh, September 28th of last year. Looks like council approved another contract zoning for another temporary surface parking lot. Uh, and this one was at 1840 Lorne Street. And it's also right in the heart of downtown. 
And in the administration report, they cited the temporary lot at 1755 Hamilton as a precedent to justify approval for the lot at 1840 Lawrence Street. Well, that's disappointing. Hmm. Well, there you go. Uh, it may not have been so temporary, and uh, it was used as a precedent. Um, so, happy third birthday, 1755 Hamilton Surface Parking Lot. I promise we'll throw you a party when you turn six. All right. What's next on the agenda here? Um, let's take a look at some good news. Uh, we've got uh, the special event, Major Grants. Uh, they went before Executive Committee on Wednesday. Um, we've got uh, $10,000 uh, to the Circle Project Association for the 19th Annual National, uh, National Aboriginal Day Community Celebration. That's coming up on June 21st. Uh, that is always a great time. Make sure you go out to that. Uh, $50,000 has been provided to the Globe Theatre Society for their 50th anniversary gala uh, for the uh, Globe Theatre Society. And that's running from June 22 to 23, 2016. Uh, again, that will probably be awesome. Uh, and then there's 22500 provided to Regina's uh, Canada Day Committee for the uh, Canada Day celebrations. Uh, that's June 30th to July 1st, naturally. And last up, we have... Uh, $35,000 uh, to the Regina Multicultural Council for Mosaic. Uh, always a fantastic time. That runs June 2nd to 4th. So this was just the first round of special event major grants. I'm sure there's going to be more later in the year. But, uh, yeah, so these four uh, city council supporting uh, good projects, um, I think we can safely say. Uh, that was great. So what's next? Uh, here, we're on. Uh, 91.3 FM, CJTR, Regina's community radio station. I am alone in the sub-basement. Uh, Aiden, uh, just, I guess he's gone uh, adventuring somewhere. Uh, I hope he's having a good time. Uh, but I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plow forward with this agenda here. Uh, our next outstanding improvement. It is uh, the prov the, prov the provincial government is planning to improve the Pinky Road Highway One interchange. That's exciting. At the Improvement Bureau, we like to see things get improved. So, um, if you don't know, the Pinky Road Highway One interchange is southwest of Regina. It connects the Trans Canada Highway to the um, to Pinky Road, and uh, the interchange was completed in 2013. Um, it looks like, I suspect it was like on time, on schedule, go team. Uh, it only cost us $43 million. So that's awesome. And the improvement uh, listed here is uh, they're going to redo the ramps. Uh, and this is to allow free flow of traffic in all directions. Um, wow. I'm looking at the pictures here, and uh, this isn't just a little uh, improvement. This isn't a tweak. This is uh, some major work is going to get done on that interchange. That's <laughs> a, a lot of ramps getting added there. Um, I guess the whole deal is is that uh, this is going to allow drivers to just, you know, zip through this interchange without stopping or even slowing down that much. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Apparently, the uh, the interchange, so this redo of the interchange, this interchange mulligan, I think we can call it, 
uh, is the second phase of the bypass project, and uh, there's a fall 2019 deadline, and um, the uh, Ministry of Highways and Infrastructure spokesman, uh, Doug uh, Wakabayashi, uh, he said that uh, work on it could begin as early as this summer. So, uh, yeah, if you've been enjoying uh, not having a whole lot of uh, traffic snarl-ups on uh, the uh, Trans-Canada coming into the city, uh, that might change, I'm afraid. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't have a car, so this doesn't hurt me too bad. But there is not a lot of love on the social media for this decision from uh, the provincial government. Um, At that Ronald guy says, uh, four-year-old highway needs to be renovated. Welcome to Saskatcherhead. That's pretty clever. Thanks, Ronald. Uh, At Y Tower Road says... um, just another example of the horrific lack of thought and foresight by our provincial government on this bypass. Um, at the other Hillary says, you're killing me, Regina. I hope not literally, Hillary. Um, oh, here's a nice one. This this is more upbeat. This is more um, complimentary. This is from Larry Hubick at L. Hubick says, brilliant planning. Oh. Uh, I, I think he might have meant that sarcastically because he has the boondoggle hashtag attached to this tweet. So, yeah, I, I don't know that Larry thinks this was such brilliant planning. Um, at Canadian Music Lover says, uh, Partisans hate dollars being wasted, but say nothing about this because it's their team. And at Sask Angler says, uh, This is a textbook government... Uh, oh, I can't say that... Uh, this is a textbook government cluster F. So Sask Angler is very Sask angry. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, not a lot of love for the uh, Pinky Road Highway One Interchange. And I'm sorry, this was not uh, the most uh, informative or the funniest piece that we've ever put together on the QCIB. But yeah, maybe in three episodes, uh, we could have a do-over on the uh, the interchange. Uh, last up on the uh, our list of uh, uh, our list of outstanding improvements, we have um, the Municipal Heritage uh, Advisory Committee met, and this is a big deal because the uh, Municipal Advisory Committee, uh, the Heritage Advisory Committee, sorry, they haven't met. I don't think I think they may have had like one meeting since 2014. So they've been basically on hiatus, like all the other advisory committees for a little over a year. I think they might have had one meeting over that year. Um, so this is a big deal that they actually got together. Um, and it looks like uh, they got the band back together uh, to talk about the Walkler residents. We talked about this a few weeks ago at an earlier meeting of the uh, Queen City Improvement Bureau. Uh, it's a house in the Crescents and um, the owner wanted to tear it down. It's on the, um, it's on the heritage holding bylaw. And uh, the the city council stepped in, uh, unprecedented move, and said we're not going to take this off the heritage holding bylaw. In fact, we're going to seek provincial heritage designation for this building, and we're not going to let you tear it down. The uh, owners of the house are quite upset and are opposing this. Uh, so uh, the Heritage Advisory Committee has agreed with council that the house has heritage uh, status and is also has you know thrown their stamp of approval behind this move to seek uh, heritage designation for the Walkler residents.
But, you know, while they were all there, they uh, they talked about a few other uh, possible heritage buildings. There were the Frontenac Apartments at uh, 2022 Lawrence Street. Um, they, uh, are, they've put in for heritage designation so that they can get some extra funds to help with their development, with their uh, renovations. Also, the Somerset Block at 1806 Smith Street. The Weston Bakery Building. In, on Hamilton Street in the uh, Warehouse District. We talked about this last week. They have put in for uh, heritage designation. They got that from the advisory committee. So if council approves that, they're going to, you know, they will have access to some heritage funding. And also the old number one fi- uh, fire hall. A few weeks back, we talked about this one as well uh, and all the work that needs to be done there. And uh, yeah, so they applied for heritage designation. Advisory committee said, okie dokie, we like that. Okay, that is everything that I have on the agenda. I managed to get through it pretty quick. And, um, yeah. I'm really, so again, I'm really sorry. Like I say, um, Aiden wasn't here. Just a cassette player on a chair, uh, with me tonight. And, uh, for the rest of the, uh, I've just been sitting here by myself. And I've got a few minutes and, uh, then the doors will open and I can go up and, uh, you know, hopefully get a snack out of one of the machines. Uh, hopefully Aiden will be back for our next meeting because um, this was really, really creepy, frankly. Um, and another sticky note here at the end of the agenda. It says, flip tape, make motion to adjourn, press play. Okay, Aiden, I will do that. I'm going to flip the tape and uh, I'm going to make a motion to adjourn. Motion is passed. You have been listening to the weekly broadcast of the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio. Thanks, as always, to Guidewire, a.k.a. Ryan Hill, for providing our excellent theme music. Find us online at Twitter at Queen City IB or on our website, queencityib.com. That's Improvement Bureau, not Irritable Bowel, don't forget. Uh, catch our podcast on cjtr.ca slash podcasts or subscribe to us on iTunes. Coming up next on CJTR, the Nerdcore Cabaret with Maddie V, followed by Sask Centric Electric and then The Cockpit. All right, that's all for this evening. Thanks so much and keep on improving your job.